0: Shame is a human experience. All of us, at some point, have felt um, shame. That uh, inclusive, or uh, excuse me, intrusive feeling that we are defeated, defective, and with no value or worth. Each and every one of us is familiar with it. As I was uh, preparing to share with you today, I came across some uh, articles <coughs> that <coughs> excuse me, uh, anthropologists and um, sociologists, secular sociologists uh, have developed, um, where they have some distinctions um, in terms of culture. And I'm pretty sure that you have uh, heard the. Terminology, or the terms uh, honor and shame culture or honor and guilt culture. Uh, so if we take that um, distinction and, and we push it a little bit too far, we will have to conclude that today my sermon would be irrelevant for most of you. And you know why? because according to these distinctions, the American culture is seen and understood as a culture of guilt. A culture of guilt. Um, But I think that assumption is, um, uh, if we push it a little bit too far, that uh, would be a wrong thing uh, to do. And you know that the Latin American culture and the Asian culture, uh, culture those are considered cultures to be um, cultures of honor and, 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 and shame. Um. <clears throat> so according to this distinction, uh, right, my, my sermon will not resonate in, uh, in, in your ears. But I contend, I think, however, that this perception if uh, taken a little bit too far, is wrong. The sense of honor and shame, although emphasized in the Asian and in the Latin American culture, um, is not exclusive of these two cultures. I believe that the text we are reading today speaks to us about it, so I'm gonna ask Brother Mark uh, to come and read the passage for us uh, today.
1: morning. I'll be reading John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 from the English Standard Version. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. and when people have drunk freely then the poor wine but you have kept the good wine until now this the first of his signs jesus did at cana in galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him this is the word of the lord thanks be to god
0: thank you mark Good morning. My name is, if you are here for the first time, my name is Román González, and I serve uh, here at Ironworks as the assistant pastor. And uh, today, my goal, the goal of my uh, sermon um, today is that I want you uh, to go out today at the end of our gathering uh, believing that Christ came to get rid of your shame. That's the goal of my sermon. Or at least to, uh, I would love you to go out today believing and embracing the hope that you can be a shame-free person. That's my goal uh, for all of us today. So with that in mind, let me turn to my first point. And the way we're going to do it today, we're going to approach this passage and try uh, carefully to listen to what it has to say about shame. And maybe some of you would say, well, I thought that this was about a wedding, about, a, uh, about wine, about joy. And uh, this passage is about a lot. Um, but I also believe that it is about uh, shame. So where do we get the idea that this uh, text is about shame. There's not a single uh, sentence in the text that uses the word shame. So where does it come from? Well, the idea comes from the cultural background in which this story took place, okay? It was gonna be a shameful thing for the couple that that the wedding celebration would end because they ran out of wine. It would be a shameful thing for them. It was going to be profoundly shameful for the young couple of teenagers uh, not to be able to provide for the enjoyment of his guests. Uh, their, guests their, their guests probably would bruise them off and their families would probably also uh, kiss them off because there was going to be a lot of shame. Their story would actually go, uh, would have gone viral on Twitter if Twitter existed back in those days. You know, we would have people tweeting and retweeting about their disgrace and probably they would have to deactivate their Twitter account <laughs> because the, 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 the shame would be un- un- unbearable. Or should I not say Twitter now? How would, would I say that? And, and how, do you do, how do you call them the action of tweeting? posting now. Well, I like to be honest, Twitter tweeting or retweeting. It's easier. Um, anyways. But you get my point, they would be ashamed because they ran out of uh, wine. You know, in the Latin American culture, food is a big deal. Maybe in America it's not a big deal, but in the Latin American culture, food is a big deal. We brag about food, always, you know? We brag about uh, you know, who gets to eat the best tamales, or who gets to um, try the best taco place in town, uh, who makes the best empanadas. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You got the reference. We, we brag about that. And, and this is basically something similar happening here. In, in our, in our uh, text, um, the, 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 the young couple, the young couple of teenagers, is basically about to be ashamed because they are running out of uh, wine. So, as I said, in the Latin American culture, you also, uh, when you invite people over for lunch, dinner, whatever, you need to make sure that you have enough food. For all of them, you know, for the ones that you invited and for the ones that you didn't invite, but they are there anyways. Uh, because if you don't do that, if you don't do that, you are considered basically inhuman. I mean, the, the, the sense of shame uh, gets, gets the idea that you are less than human if you don't have enough food. So this po- uh, poor young couple uh, at the risk, also, of being, shame. My dear friend. When was the last time you felt shame? What do you do that makes you feel ashamed of yourself? Or, what did others do? or say about you that makes you feel ashamed? When was the last time someone said or did something really mean to you that made you feel unworthy, undeserving, and unlovable? Psychologist Brené Brown defines shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something that we have experienced, done, or failed to do that makes us unworthy of connection. And you know, I think she is right there. As far as I know, she's not a Christian. As far as I know, maybe maybe she is. But she's very, very, very close to give a biblical theological definition of shame. Christian counselors say that shame is this intrusive is, is this intrusive feeling that unlike guilt, which is the sense of having done something or morally uh, wrong, and that's why I, I feel guilty. I have done something that is considered to be morally wrong, and then I feel guilty. With shame, that is not the case. That's, it's another level um, of distress. With shame, it's not that I have done something is considered, uh, considered to be morally wrong, but with shame, that thing that is wrong, it's me. It's myself. So the level of distress is even, is even more profound. So as we consider this idea of shame... Let me go to my second my second point. Look at me uh, with verse 11. If you have your Bibles or in your phones or uh, physical, verse 11 says that this was Jesus. Uh, this was the first time Jesus was performing a miracle. It is the first time Jesus is about to perform a miracle. So this is a very important moment for Jesus' ministry because it's the first time he is performing a miracle. And you know, things that happen for the first time are very important or become very important. Some of you may remember the first time you were in a play or a recital. Do any of you remember that first day? Apart from being... Terrifying, right? Um, you, your whole family was there, right? Uh, there was your, your parents, and then it was uh, your uncle was there, and then your aunt was there also, and then your brother and your sister. And if you are coming from a Latin American culture, also the dog and the cat <laughs> and the neighbor of the neighbor of the neighbor, right? Because it's the first day that little joey is playing the piano so everybody wants to be at that big day to be able to witness that so this is a very very special moment in jesus's life and ministry it's the first time he's performing a miracle there was no miracle performed by Jesus before this very occasion. You know, those traditions in the Catholic tradition or uh, the Quran, the Bible, the Bible uh, of the Islam, those are not truth. The Bible, John specifically says that this was the first sign. So you would expect that the first sign of Jesus would be extravagant would be amazing would be astonishing but instead of that we have jesus coming to a party enjoying himself with his disciples and choosing to perform his first miracle uh, miracle at a wedding really Jesus, this is, if I were the manager of Jesus, (laughs) I would say, no, 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 this is your first day, so it should be a big entrance, you know, where everyone could clap at you and, you know, really admire you. And Jesus said, no, 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 I'm I'm going to perform the first miracle, the first sign at a wedding. Really? There are more people out there on the street, with real needs, with really big issues in life, Jesus, and you are choosing to perform your first miracle sign at this wedding where everybody's having fun. Why? Why is he doing that? And the reason for that, I I believe, is that Jesus is going to perform a miracle that is pointing to a greatest need. There is a bigger reality that is going on in the back of what is happening and and the disciples can see and observe. And this is the, the, the reality of the spiritual shame of the nation of Israel. Friends, in the Old Testament, you will recall, wine is something something good. It represents God's favor in the life of his covenant people. Consider uh, Psalm uh, 104, verses 14 and 15. And it says, You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man. So in the Bible, wine is a God-given gift. Wine is a God-given gift. The more wine you have, the more blessed you are considered to be. That doesn't mean that they would drink it all at the same time, right? But you got my point. So wine is considered to be uh, a blessing. But at this wedding, there is no wine. Which means they have no God's favor. They have have no blessing from from God. And surely, friends, this was going to be a very shameful thing for the young couple to go through. But you know, that's not the most important lesson that we are to learn about this passage. As some biblical commentators say, the absence of wine at the wedding was a symbol of Israel's barrenness. It was a symbol of Israel as a nation of Israel's barrenness. Christ has come to them, and they are not producing any fruit. Christ has come to them, and they are not producing any fruit Maybe you will remember, or you have in the back of your mind, the saying of Jesus that branches that do not produce any fruit, what happened to them? They are cut off and thrown to the fire. Israel is in a shameful spiritual state as a fruitless nation. But Israel's spiritual shame can be seen in another detail that John mentions. Look with me if you can, if you have your Bible open. Verse 6 says that there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification. Do you hear that? Rites of purification. In other words the miracle or the sign that jesus is about to perform has something to do with cleansing that's why john mentions it and if something has to be clean, uh, uh, excuse me if something has to be cleansed it is because it's impure unclean dirty And something that is impure, unclean, and dirty is something that brings shame and dishonor. My dear friend, have you done something that makes you feel you are impure, unclean, dirty, and therefore unworthy of love and connection? Or, let me put it another way, has someone else done something to you that makes you feel impure, unclean, dirty, and therefore unworthy of love and acceptance? Because here's the thing, shame is something that we can feel not only for the things that we have done, but also for the things that others have done against us. It's like um, um, Ed Welch would say, it is the trash of others put on us and now we have to deal with that. Now we have to deal with it. If you feel that way I would invite you to have hope in Jesus. If the young couple are to experience the removal of their shame, they need a miracle. And if you today are stalling with that, you also need a miracle in your life. How is Jesus going to remove their shame and turn it into honor? How he does it? Well, he does it by changing the water into wine. That's how Jesus is going to do it for this young couple. Giving water to their guests would be considered rude and unwelcoming, careless from, um, from them, this young couple. But Jesus changes the water into wine. And by doing so, he shows at least the following thing. The first thing is that Israel needs not just a ceremonial or ritual purification, but true purification that is, that is being brought by Jesus himself. It's not just about the ceremonies of purification They need the purifier. They need Jesus himself to be pure. And this true purification is possible through regeneration. That is is, is basically what the miracle means. Through regeneration or recreation... God will move or remove the shame of his people by generating in them a new heart and giving them a clean, pure heart. To the point that, look in verse um, 10, people... The people that have been invited to the wedding, not only did not talk about their disgrace, but actually praised them, honored them, um, saying, this is the best wine ever. I mean, after the fall, this was the, the best wine ever. I don't know which one is your favorite one. And to be honest, I don't know much about wines. But which one is your favorite one? That one does not compare to this one. This is the best wine ever. In other words, no shame for them, but honor. You know, my dear friend, shame is a feeling that when you feel it, you feel condemned. It's killing you. But I would encourage you that next time, next time you feel shame about your past, about your family, because we also get to experience shame uh, in terms of relations. about your job. Maybe you are uh, doing something that you don't want to do, (laughs) or the things that others don't want to do, and then you get to do it because you are the only one who can do it, or who is there, or who doesn't have any other option, and you have to do it. Sometimes that may bring the feeling of shame. Or as I said before, Things that you did or things that you did not do also may bring shame. When you are going through that, this is something very interesting that guys, men, we experience shame in a different way that women experience shame. Actually, some studies show that women's, it's easy for, 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 for ladies to experience and to identify uh, faster the feeling of shame. We guys, we struggle with that. We may feel it, but we, we struggle with identifying that is a uh, feeling of shame. Whenever that is, whoever you are, I will encourage you to come to Christ, to look to Jesus. He can make you shame-free person. He can remove the shame and turn it into, into honor. Think that Christ on the cross took your shame and actually he died the most shameful death. No one has ever dared to die. think that he replaces shame with honor. Like the water turning into wine. Christ can change the fruitless life into a fruitful one by giving you a new heart. Remember I said in the Old Testament wine was a symbol of Blessings and abundance and joy. In the New Testament, wine becomes the symbol of the blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is the way to avoid ultimate shame, and Christ will turn in into ultimate. So that when you stand before God at that moment none of your flaws or sins will be pointed out but he will say well done my faithful servant his blood my dear friend has the true power to offer you not just ceremonial purification but true purification so that not only your sins will be forgiven, but also the shame that you bring will be removed. Listen friends, Jesus is the true friend, the best, best man ever. Who stands beside you to defend your honor. Who dies for you so that you will not be ultimately Shame. He would not only say enter in the joy of your master into the joy of your master in big celebration. He will say eat at my table. Come and sit on the table as one as one of my honored guests. Come and eat with me. And imagine that more than magical moment, more than magical moment. That is going to be real reality, if I can use that terminology. When he would say after dinner, he will say, Now come and sit on the throne that I have prepared for you, for you are a king. What a greater honor! What a better way for God to honor you, to change your shame into honor, by giving by giving you a throne where you will reign with Him forever, and He will also give you a crown. That crown representing honor that you are going to cast out at His feet to honor. What a marvelous picture. And you know, that's what the Bible promises for all of those who trust and believe in Jesus. no more memories of your flaws and sins. So let us celebrate. If you are trusting in Jesus, if you have come to him, Let us celebrate. And if you are here for the first time and just trying to see what can you learn from this meeting, we invite you to trust in Jesus as well, to come to Him. Maybe you are feeling shameful today. Come to Him. He can turn your shame into honor. Please stand.